Welcome to Business Owners Radio. Business Owners Radio, where established business owners get the latest insights, strategies, and practices to grow a sustainably profitable business. And now, taking care of business, your hosts, Craig Moen and Shai Gilad. Welcome to Business Owners Radio, Episode 114. Our guest today is Sahaj Sharda, founder and CEO of Dinos, a dynamic pricing startup intent on a pricing revolution in the food industry. He is also the author of a new book titled The Extinction of the Price Tag, How Dynamic Pricing Can Save You. Good morning, Sahaj. Welcome to Business Owners Radio. Good morning, everyone. Thanks for having me on. Sahaj, loving your book, The Extinction of the Price Tag, How Dynamic Pricing Can Save You. What inspired you to write this book? I actually took a class at Georgetown where the premise of the class was everyone chooses a topic to become an expert in and to publish the book as a signal of your credibility. And so I chose this specific space because I was working on a startup in the space. But more importantly, I think this is kind of with the movement of technology into the economic sphere. This is kind of where pricing is going. And so I just found that fascinating. And you've become somewhat of an expert yourself along the way. Yeah, in some ways. So I won't say I know everything, but I understand the broad concepts really well. And more importantly, I think you don't have to be an absolute expert to do dynamic pricing. And and that's the point I want to reiterate, especially to small business owners who might not have all the tools, especially some of these like very sophisticated algorithms. The power of dynamic pricing is that, you know, you can access it with very little investment. And I think that's the most key point I want to get across today. Well, let's talk about that, Sahaj. What's your definition of dynamic pricing? Yes, so I think the most baseline definition of dynamic pricing would just be simply the idea that prices should change frequently. You know, they can go up, they can go down, but just that idea that the prices are changing throughout the day or throughout the week, that's what I would define dynamic pricing as. And the purpose of that is to maximize your return at different periods of demand, I imagine. Yes, that's that's exactly correct. So based on varying levels of supply and varying levels of demand, by you know raising your prices or lowering your prices, you can strategically increase your profitability. And so just like a very simple example of this, right, is Uber. And I think that's a pretty good analog too. And so with Uber, when there's low supply, but high demand, the prices are really high. Versus when there is high supply and low demand, the prices are really low. And the reason they're doing that is because through the mechanism of the price, they're able to get more people on the road if there is high demand but low supply versus get some people off the road, which is actually the optimal strategy in terms of generating profitability when there is high supply and low demand. Yeah, we're starting to see this in the D.C. metro area with tolls as well for our cars. Yeah. You know, and and a lot of people aren't happy about doing tolls. The point I would make though is because of that kind of stuff, you're seeing more and more is people are carpooling and doing these sorts of other rationing of the good. And I would say ultimately that reduces congestion and might even leave everyone better off. And I understand that, you know, it seems like kind of a tax on the everyday individual, but in some senses, uh, it has a broader societal benefit. Sahaj, that's interesting because I had a conversation yesterday on a bike rally and people were talking about what California calls the Lexus lanes. And they're looking at it from a consumer standpoint and really upset with it that those who can afford it go barreling down the express lanes or the hot lanes. But from a different perspective, I like that from the standpoint of optimizing those lanes and 
promoting a different behavior. Hadn't looked at it from that standpoint. And that's exactly right. One of the premises of this book and one of the things I learned so much about is viewing this from the frame that isn't that of the consumer. And it's important to see it from the ways consumers see it. But I think, especially when it comes to government policy and implementing dynamic pricing, you know, with the metro, with some of the tolls in some of these places, you have to look at the broadest benefit to society. And that should be the framework that you're using to evaluate whether or not the strategy is successful. So especially with 66, I think the fact that we have less congestion now would definitely count as one of the broader benefits. So in setting dynamic pricing... What are some of the indicators when a dynamic pricing algorithm would be kicked in? There's two or three types of dynamic pricing. So one would be fixed rules. And what that means is this is the most simple version of dynamic pricing, sometimes even without the use of an algorithm. And and what happens here is basically based on some fixed rule, like let's say at a specified time of the day, every single day, regardless of what the supply and demand is in real time, during that day, the prices will either increase or decrease at that time. A good example of this would be like a happy hour, right? So the ways restaurants have traditionally done some of the dynamic pricing techniques with regards to drinks and stuff is basically they have happy hours implemented and those go into effect at certain times, regardless of how busy or not busy they are at those specific times. And that would be fixed rules dynamic pricing. The other would be conditional rules, which is that some of these rules that go into effect in the case something happens. So in the case of Uber, if it's raining, the pricing strategy is going to be a little bit different because there's going to be some changes in demand. And so that would be a conditional rules dynamic pricing mechanism. And the last would be revenue management. Now, this is what we're traditionally used to in terms of airlines and some of these bigger companies that have the ability to invest in these algorithms. This is the most sophisticated form and not everyone needs to do revenue management, which is like trying to approximate supply and demand exactly at the moment to get the exact perfect price at at any given time in order to implement dynamic pricing. And so I think there's a lot to be learned from revenue management without necessarily needing to implement that to reap some of the benefits of dynamic pricing itself. So a story from your book I really loved that's an example of this was talking about an economics professor and a conversation he had with his barbershop. Yeah, that was an interesting story for me to hear too. So basically what happened was my professor used to go to the same barber as many of us do on Sunday mornings. And one time he was there at his barbershop and there was a huge line and he's waiting for half an hour to 45 minutes. And so afterwards, he's having a conversation with this barber who is a small business owner. And he asked the barber, you know, why don't you just increase prices on Sunday? And the barber said, why would I do that? Why would I want to alienate my consumer base? And the point the professor is making is by having so many people wait in line, basically what he was doing is not effectively rationing the good. It was kind of like a framework that he was trying to offer that, you know, when you're this busy, you know that your demand outstrips supply. So you can implement sort of a dynamic pricing rule where you increase prices at times like these. And the point the barber was making, which I think is also a well-taken point, is a lot of what we're talking about in terms of dynamic pricing does a lot with consumer optics. So if you implement a sort of rule that isn't popular amongst your consumer base, that could have some negative consequences. So there's ways to optimize profit, but you have to make sure that the way you're doing it doesn't alienate the consumer base. And so I think a better version for the barber to implement would be to offer discounts instead of increasing prices on Sundays, to offer discounts during the rest of the week when he might not be as busy. 
And that way, you know, he can generate more revenue while also not necessarily alienating his consumer base just as much. Yeah, how you frame it matters so much. You mentioned in the book about, you know, this is a guy that had no problem with the concept of paying more for an airline ticket to fly on Thanksgiving, right? But couldn't quite get past this idea of how do I implement that here in the barbershop? But as you said, you know, it's, no, that, it's really how yeah, you frame it to right. the consumer. Yeah, no, no, that's exactly right. And I think framing has everything to do with, you know, how successful dynamic pricing can be. I think the two critical questions when it comes to dynamic pricing is, one, is this a good economic strategy in my market? And two, will consumers be able to rationalize this? And if you can't get consumers to rationalize it, it doesn't matter how good of an economic strategy it is, theoretically, because there's broader brand liability that comes with it. And so I would look to some of the successful businesses that have framed it successfully and have actually added brand value by implementing dynamic pricing. So a good example here is Uber. You know, when we think of Uber, the dynamic pricing is kind of like built into their brand as kind of us recognizing their efficiency. And so in a lot of ways, I think some of the biggest brand opportunities lie in trying to weld together dynamic pricing and your traditional brand to create this sort of new brand that's turbocharged by this idea of efficiency that, you know, consumers generally tend to like. Yeah. And that brings us back to baseball, doesn't it? Yes. Yes, it does. And so there's a really good story about the San Francisco Giants and a pilot program they just tried in 2009. So as you know, there is a huge economic recession in 2008. And because of that, a lot of discretionary spending was substantially reduced in the years immediately following the recession. And so one of the places that was hurt most was a lot of baseball teams and stadiums where people weren't necessarily shelling out as much money to buy tickets. So what the San Francisco Giants tried to do in 2009 is they did a pilot program. They said, okay, with 2,000 seats, let's try out what we're going to do in terms of dynamic pricing. And so they outsourced out to a company to implement a dynamic pricing software. And what they did with these 2,000 seats is over the course of a year, they basically ran a dynamic pricing algorithm. And they said, okay, let's see how much money we make. Let's see what the consumer reaction is. And based on those facts, we'll see how we want to proceed. And so for these just 2,000 seats over the course of the season, they made half a million additional dollars in revenue. And so that happened in 2009. And in 2010, they went stadium-wide with dynamic pricing, and they were the first team in the MLB to do so. Today, basically each and every single team uses dynamic pricing in their stadiums. And so this is an idea that once one person can show that it can be successful, everyone else gets into it. What I would say to the small business owners you know, listening to you today is don't wait for someone else to be successful with the idea. I would say try it out the same way the San Francisco Giants did. Do a pilot program. Do something where you don't have a lot of exposure, but you can gauge what the consumer reaction is and how successful it can be in your market. And based on that, make your decision on whether you want to continue further with dynamic pricing or not. So Sahaj, in looking at your own business, how have you looked upon dynamic pricing and utilization within dynos? Yeah, so let me tell you a short story from the summer. Basically, I was visiting my grandfather in India this last summer, and he took me out to a bazaar, which is a sort of like informal marketplace where people are basically haggling on the streets for various goods. And what was really interesting about this really intense environment 
is kind of the ferocity with which some of the negotiations were taking place. And so there was one specific example. There's a food cart where the owner of the food cart was basically just yelling directly at his consumers, trying to jack up the price of his goods. And I saw this and it really grabbed my attention. You know, why would he be doing something like this at noon of all times when all of the consumers are kind of lined up to get food from him? And as I went through the bazaar, we stayed there for two or three hours. I was kind of keeping an eye on what this food cart vendor was doing. And over the course of the day, as he got further and further away from lunchtime, he actually became nicer and nicer. And what was interesting is he started offering discounts. He started giving people extra sauce and extra food. And over the course of the day, he was just as busy as he was at noon as he was at 3 p.m. And I found this concept to be entirely fascinating. You know, what was he doing differently? And kind of what he was doing was dynamic pricing in a very rudimentary sense. What he was doing is he was lowering his prices as demand went down throughout the day. And by doing that, he was not wasting any food. He was selling everything in his cart. And most importantly, he had more consumers than if he had just maintained a steady fixed price. And I saw that and I thought, this is such an interesting concept. How can we apply this to the restaurant industry and other industries in the United States? And so my roommate and I founded a company called Dinos. And what Dinos does is it basically brings the exact same concept to restaurants in DC. So I'll tell you a quick example. One of the restaurants we signed up for Dinos is a place called Georgetown Gourmet. And one day I was just eating a sandwich there and the owner was sitting right next to me. And I asked him, do you think this is the sort of concept that could help you out in your business? And he told me, you know, that's such a phenomenal idea because there's a broader problem that this is solving too, which is that of food waste. Because a lot of restaurants, especially in the United States, 40% of everything they produce goes entirely to waste. And so by doing this, by implementing dynamic pricing, not only are we increasing their revenues and increasing their profits, but we're also getting rid of the stuff that they're throwing away. And all we're really doing in the status quo is allowing them to set some specific discounts at times when they otherwise are not busy. And I would say that there's something broader that can be learned for all different types of businesses. So if you're a restaurant, I would invite you to come and join Dinos or, or figure out how you can do this yourself. But for other businesses, you can do the exact same thing. It, it doesn't have to be something so sophisticated. You can do a simple discount at times you aren't busy. You can advertise it on Facebook or post it on your social media. And in a lot of ways, it can generate a lot of revenue and solve some other problems such as waste or perishability and spoilage that you might have not otherwise considered. Sahaj, thank you so much for joining us today on Business Owners Radio. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. It's been our pleasure, and thank you so much. And is there anything else you'd like to leave with our listeners? Yeah, I would just mention two things. The first is, if you're a restaurant owner, I would highly suggest that you go to www.dynos.co and just check out our offerings and how you can get yourself on the app to take advantage of dynamic pricing. We've built a great tool for you to do that. For any other generic business owner, I would highly recommend that you check out the book, The Extinction of the Price Tag. There's a simple five-step framework so that you can take advantage of dynamic pricing the same way the San Francisco Giants did through the use of a pilot program and kind of what are each of the five steps so that you can make sure you're on the right path, that dynamic pricing makes sense for you, but also that it won't alienate your consumers. And so you can find that at book.dynos.co, or you can find that just by Googling the extinction of the price tag on Google. Our guest today has been Sahaj Sharda 
founder and CEO of Dynos, a dynamic pricing startup and author of the new book, The Extinction of the Price Tag, How Dynamic Pricing Can Save You. You can learn more about Sahaj as well as find links to his website and book in our show notes at businessownersradio.com. This episode has been sponsored by Align for Business. That's Align, the number four, business.com. Thank you for joining us on Business Owners Radio. We hope you enjoyed today's show. As always, you can read more about each episode along with links and offers in the show notes on our website, businessownersradio.com. We want to hear your feedback. Please leave comments on this show or suggestions for upcoming episodes. Tell your fellow business owners about the show and, of course, you would love the stars and comments on iTunes. Till next time, keep taking care of business.